What is up, guys? Welcome to the Wise and Well podcast. I'm your host, Herman Lin. This is the show that helps make fitness and nutrition way simpler and more realistic so that you can improve your physical health without sacrificing your mental health. If you're new to the show and you enjoy it, hit subscribe after the episode so that you know when future episodes come out. Also, if you are looking to take your fitness to the next level, I offer one-on-one strength and nutrition coaching that is designed to help you build muscle, burn fat, and improve your overall relationship with fitness and nutrition. Just go to wiseandwellcoaching.com to learn more. Or just shoot me a DM on Instagram at wiseandwellcoaching. I will always respond to you. All right, guys, on to the episode. For anyone listening, this is our take two because we tried recording (laughs) last week and we had some technical difficulties halfway. So neither of us remember anything we talked about. So we're just going to start it over and (laughs) and we'll probably do a little bit better this time, right? Fingers crossed. I had to text my man not to play video games while we're on this. So (laughs) (laughs) hopefully it'll be all good. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on. You know, you're uh, on, on from an online perspective, I feel like you do such a good job of taking, I mean, lately you've been really taking biomechanics from a, a weightlifting mm-hmm. standpoint and making it really easy to understand and just super digestible um, for someone who might know a lot about it and for someone who might know nothing about it. So I appreciate that a lot because you aren't just the typical cut and dry, you know, Instagram personality <laughs> that's just screaming at you, you kind of try to keep it light and fun. So it's, it's, it's a breath of fresh air for sure. No, I appreciate that. Thank you. I think even for myself, I'm definitely over the mentality of the like, you suck, do better. <laughs> um, whereas I mean, we know like anything in life, if it makes you feel like trash, you're not really gonna want to do it or follow it for long. And I think back, I mean, to like when I first started in the fitness industry and um, what's kind of the underlying thing that's kept me going. And I mean, yeah, it's like the pursuit to be better, but it's also just like having fun with it. And there's something like very fulfilling about like doing a workout and actually feeling the muscles that you're supposed to be feeling. (laughs) It's like you go and you check the boxes, but once things actually start connecting, you're like, wow, this is what it's supposed to feel like, or, Mm. you know, this is how I'm supposed to feel when I'm leaving or my confidence in the gym. So yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate that. Just trying to honestly keep it fun and help people like get to that point where they feel like this is doing something. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's so, it is so interesting, right? Because I feel like as a trainer, you know, you're almost, you're trying to sell people at different stages of their fitness career. Um, and, in the beginning, like, let's, let's just face the reality, right? Like most people want to look different, right? They either mm-hmm. want to lose fat, they want to build some muscle, they want to look more fit. Um, and that's just, that's just the reality. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it's, that's why you see so much marketing out there, right? That's directed at helping people do that. Cause that's what they want in the beginning. Right. And to your point, it's like, you have to find a way to get someone there and keep them entertained long enough because those changes don't happen quick. You know, it's, yeah. and, and you kind of have to get them to this point where eventually they start going to the gym and they just love the way they feel from the workouts. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and love the way they feel, but also when you start kind of like enjoying the process of getting better at strength training, mm-hmm. because you realize how much shit you don't know in the beginning. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, it's like really, I compared it to, you know, it's, it's like a jujitsu or like a martial art where sure. like we really should have like belts and, and different experience levels because mm. there's so much you learn along the way that eventually you start kind of falling in love with the process, the process of getting better at this. And once you're there, then it's almost like impossible to stop. Yeah. Yeah, I, no, I totally agree. And, and you know, for anyone listening, that's like, man, like I have been lifting for a year and I still feel maybe clueless. Like I also still feel very clueless <laughs> many times <laughs> because like you're saying, like I, I actually think that's a great analogy. Like if we had 
some type of levels. Cause it's like you listen to somebody talk and you can get a sense for when people really know a lot. You're like, man, Mm -hmm. this person's high up there. Um, but there are definitely levels to this. And so, yeah, even for me at my phase, like I, I go to other courses and conferences, I listen to other podcasts or people speak and I'm still like, what? (laughs) Like, um, and it's, it's both amazing and enlightening and also, um, uh, a little bit defeating at times if you let it, because it's just like, how much are we gonna, like, am I ever going to know everything? And I think the reality is no, but learning to be excited about the, the fact that the answer is no, is what makes it like way more enjoyable. Because in reality, I think about all the people who like do things for a long period of time, like let's say work, most people work a full-time job. Um, I think it's getting into those jobs where we stop like growing, there's nothing else to learn. We're just going through the motions. And that's really where we're like bored and not enjoying ourselves. So even with fitness, yeah, like you said, um, that pursuit to like be better, when you fall in love with that pursuit to be better, understanding that like you'll you'll probably never be the best because new levels, new devils. Um, mm-hmm. But like you're exhilarated by that chase. It's, it's everything. It's, th- that's really where the, like, I think the passion comes in, where the, the love for it comes in. Yeah. And that's the, it's funny because that's also the thing that keeps most people from starting it, right? Is mm. this mm-hmm. fear of, I'm, I don't know how to do it. Like I'm going to suck. Yeah. And that's, the reality is like, you will suck and you won't know how to yeah. do it. And and that's <laughs> yeah. okay. That's like, that's part of the fun because to your point, like there's, there's so much, I don't know yet. You know, like, like mm-hmm. I, I, I watch your videos. I watch other people's videos. I listen to podcasts and every mm-hmm. single time I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. I like that. It's a, you know, I'm going to bring yeah. this back to the gym when I go next. And it's once you kind of adopt that, like, that's just going to happen forever you know? Um, cause once you know that, then you go on to the next advanced technique, right? Like you, you keep climbing the level more and more. And even the people who have been doing this for 15 years, you know, like you, you listen to like the mind pump guys talk, right? Yeah. And they still discover mm-hmm. things in their own training that they didn't realize was something that was effective for them because there's like, there's the science aspect of this, right? We've got studies, we've got, we've got techniques that we know probably are more optimal for people. A lot of that's hard because it's based on like really short term studies, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of them in trained individuals, some of them in untrained individuals, which also makes a difference. But then in the long run, there's so much individualization, you know, for you doing biceps at a high rep might produce the most results. And for me, it might be the opposite. And the only way you can figure that out is to actually start doing all these things and, and, and playing around with yourself. Like you're almost like a mad scientist in the gym. Yeah, nope. I, I, absolutely. I completely agree. I mean, there was a study that I haven't read the full thing yet that just came out even, I don't know if you saw it. That was um, like finally going over like what is better for hypertrophy. Um, I think it was looking at literally like a hip thrust versus squats. Um, Mm. you know, two things Mm -hmm. that people are always, always, always going back and forth about. And even with that, it's, uh, I think there was only like 15 people in this study or something. So, you know, a lot of people right off the hop, they're like, that's not enough, but like that costs like (laughs) $500,000. Like, (laughs) you know, what do you expect them to do? And then, uh, exactly what you said, I think individualization, like I am absolutely, I love science. I think data is super important, but the individualization aspect, people forget it, it should be like paramount to none because even with, you know, the hip thrust to squat study. Um, At the end of the day, if you get unbelievable glute contractions when you squat, it doesn't matter that Mm -hmm. it says that the hip thrust is is better. If you have a hard time connecting to that movement, your glutes ain't, you know, (laughs) probably getting as much as you probably could. Um, And literally, like you said, with someone, high volume bicep work might be super effective. And we also have those uh, genetic uh, not freaks, that's a negative word, but I mean it in the best possible way. We have those um, people that have amazing genetics where they can get away with doing so little and see so mm-hmm. much progress. Um, so yeah, I think we forget that like uh, studies are based off of averages, not the individual. 
Um, mm-hmm. So l- literally just like get in there because there is no one right or wrong way to really be doing anything in this fitness world. Which is such an important point because you would never think that when you watch Instagram, right? Because never. it is <laughs> it is just filled with all these optimal bros that are, are like, it's like the, I can't stand the videos that are like, don't do it at this angle, do it like this. And it's, and it like shows like one specific variation of this exercise. And it's like, well, yes, that might be better yeah. for people, but like you make it, you make it seem like if you're doing it a different way, you're completely wrong and nothing is going to happen, you know? And yeah. so sometimes I think we get obsessed with optimal versus mm-hmm. effective. Mm-hmm. Right. And those are two very different things. Like, yes, you can always be tweaking. You can always find better ways to work. And I think everyone should be doing that all the time. You know, like there's definitely ways where I'm like, oh, okay. I feel way more when I, when I do it like this. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're necessarily wrong for doing Mm -hmm. it a different way. Right. Um, I mean like the deadlift itself, like I think just like the idea of like a neutral spine, like throws everyone into a tizzy because, it's always like, oh, your neck, <laughs> your neck either has to be up or your neck either has to be down. And it's like one or the other. And then like your, your spine has to be neutral. And it's like, well, there's, there is some, some flexibility in that though, of what a neutral spine even is. It's different for every yeah. single person. And it's okay if it doesn't look exactly like the person to your right. You know, I feel like we we're a little bit too obsessed with almost like trying to look like robots where every single thing is exactly perfect. And it does, it just doesn't need to be that. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at our even structures as human beings, um, right? Like how long someone's tibia is, is going to make the difference in how they squat and leg press versus their femur versus yeah, their, uh, their ab belly size length width. And yet we're trying to give these one size fits all answers as if, yeah, we are literally, like you said, a robot all formed from the same cloth, not to mention all the like years of either life that's on our bodies or previous injuries. Um, And there's a reason why I mean, and even that in and of itself, if you are just starting off can be overwhelming, because you go to YouTube and punch in how to deadlift or deadlift variations for someone with a low back injury, and you'll get, you know, a 100 different answers even right then Mm -hmm. and of itself. And it's, it can be very overwhelming. How do I choose what exercises to do? How many exercises should I do? Um, the answers are endless and it's, uh, there is no like yellow brick road, so to speak. Uh, just go down this one, one way to results. It's, it's almost why I think like when people say trust the process, it's not even because there's necessarily one specific process. It's just that the fundamentals of the process are always the same in the sense that like you need patience, you need consistency. Um, you need to follow one plan and stick to it, not change it Mm -hmm. every week, every day, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. But I think like patience and just giving yourself like some grace is probably one of the things that'll take you way further than, um, you know, looking up new research every single day, so to speak. That's a, that's a really good point. And it's, it's similar to nutrition where I feel like most of the information you see out there is us debating and talking through kind of how to get like that peak last five to 10% of muscle, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's where you start getting into these really nuanced conversations. Um, you know, and people start talking like the muscle heads and, 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 and everything versus like the vast majority of people just need to focus on, on the 95%, which is way Mm -hmm. more simple than all that other stuff. Right. Like, are you doing, are you actually doing full body? Are you skipping leg day? Right. Um, do you have, (laughs) do you have a squat in there? Do you have a hip hinge? Do you have a press, a pull? Do you have some kind of carry? Like, do you, Mm -hmm. are you Mm -hmm. actually tracking your workouts? on a week to week basis, you know, and doing a little bit more each week. And to your point, not changing them every single day, but at least doing them for, you know, four weeks, three weeks, five weeks, like anywhere around there, you're, you're going to make some progress. Right. Um, and most importantly, like, are you actually training hard? You know, Mm, like, are you, are you getting (laughs) somewhere near failure, which, I think kind of brings us to like the topic we really wanted to to talk about today. Um, 
Because this is the hardest part, I think, especially with newer clients, is actually understanding what training hard feels like because we mm -hmm. you see it everywhere, right? Less is more, which mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. which is true. But you have to you have to kind of find a way to actually understand how to make less more, right? So you had you had yeah. such a great post about this the other week. Um, so do you want to just talk a little bit about like what what does the the term less is more even mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um it's one of those things. I feel like I've only learned what less is more is like for fitness because <laughs> yeah. they say it with like everything in your life, right? Uh, the stuff you keep in your house and I don't know, clothes and everything. Um, but it's almost like taking a minimalist mentality to your workouts. You want everything in your plan to be um, right. If, if, if anybody out there watches like tiny homes or anything like that, I love those shows, how people are able to utilize such an effective space and like everything has a purpose. This is kind of the same mentality we need for our training programs. Um, you know, what we're doing, how much we're doing, we have a lot of useless shit <laughs> that mm -hmm. we are expending valuable energy on, um, or we're choosing exercises that literally work the same muscle group in the same resistance profile, um, you know, that, that are most challenging at the same positions. And we're just inundated with so much volume that we think that because we're doing more, we're going to reap more rewards. But in reality, it's getting to a point where you are more exhausted than you give yourself credit for. So you're not actually even working as hard as you you could be or should be. And in one hand, I, I get it. Uh, I think anybody, no matter where you are in the fitness industry, we have kind of been told that like, uh, volume is the key to growth is the key to progress. When you look mm -hmm. at any training um, program or, or block or anything like that, we're kind of looking at the acronym I always use. I don't know if I made this up or I learned it somewhere, but is five. <laughs> um, so five yeah. being frequency, intensity, volume, and effort. And um, if you were to put that in the scope of a pyramid, you could literally line it up in terms of importance with frequency being like the least important at the top, um, intensity in the middle, volume at the bottom, and then kind of this underlying, uh, you could almost say like the ground you build your house on being effort, because without effort, kind of what you said even before, like knowing how to train hard, your training is pointless. Um, but volume being the biggest thing, and a lot of people are told like, the more volume we have, the more muscle we will grow. Uh, mm -hmm. But in reality, there is such a thing as too much volume. Um, there is such a thing as not, you know, planning out your workout programs so that they're going to benefit you in a way that's actually going to be productive. Because when we have more volume, um, you're also going to increase the demand on your body, which means you're going to increase the stress on your body, which means that you need to increase the amount of rest that your body gets. So mm -hmm. I think it all kind of like comes back to this understanding of finding the balance between like what is enough, what is too much and what is not enough. And we're all kind of sitting in this area of like worrying that we're going to the gym and we're putting in all this time and it's not going to be enough. <laughs> when in reality, yeah. most of us are probably doing um, already enough, if not more than enough. And that's actually where I would argue more people are probably not getting the progress that they want because it's just too much. Yeah, 100%. And it's and I think it varies if you're just starting out likely, mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't even say it's not that you're not doing enough. You're probably just, it takes a little bit of time, I think, to learn what true failure feels like, right. And, and mm -hmm. getting within five reps of that, um, is difficult if, and I think that's okay. You know, I think I encourage new clients like, Hey, you know, if, remember in your first workout, what do you think you mm -hmm. could have done? Do you think you probably could have done more weight on this one? Okay, cool. Let's take it up next time and let's keep getting I think if, as long as you're practicing every single week, let's do a little bit more, you'll get to that point, right? Where eventually like you're, you're not going to just keep increasing. Um, and yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. okay <laughs> that it takes a little bit to get there. Um, cause you do need to kind of start learning like, oh man, like, I don't think I, I could have actually done two more reps. Okay, cool. Like now mm -hmm. I think we're actually there. Right. Um, versus yeah. if you just 
if you just throw up, if it's eight to 12 reps and you just throw up 12 for three sets and you're like, cool, I feel great. It's like, ah, uh, well, <laughs> could, could you have done, done a little bit more then? You know, um, but then, but then I think mm -hmm. there comes a point, you know, probably within the first, even like six months when you start, when, if you're increasing weight every single week, at some point you're, you truly are training hard. And I think that's when you kind of get that itch to be like, I could do more, mm -hmm. you know, I could de definitely do yeah. more. And I think it's important. You know, I learned this very early on that just because I can handle more doesn't mean I mm, need yep. more. Right. And that's <laughs> yep, yep. two very different things. And, and I try to help clients through that now because I literally had one that just started and first workout, I was like, how, how the volume feel like how, you know, how, how hard does it, how much energy do you have the rest of the day? All those questions. Right. And he's like, oh, I feel like I probably could have done like one or two more exercises. I'm like, that's perfect. Then we're not adding anything, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think before I would have been like, okay, cool. Let's add something on. Um, and yeah. that's, that's just such an important thing is like, you should walk away from your workouts being like, I feel, I feel good. That was challenging. Yeah. I probably could have done a little bit more. Um, but if you are going into the next week and you are increasing what you're doing, so meaning you're getting mm -hmm. stronger, right? Mm -hmm. You don't need more. And mm -hmm. I think that's where people get a little bit mixed up is like you're going in every single week and you're increasing what you're doing. You're getting stronger. You feel great. And so in your head, you're like, I'm not doing enough because I, because I feel yeah. great. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 What do you mean? I don't feel like shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So how, no. so how do you, how do people know if they do truly need less or if they need more? I mean, I think. So right off the hop, more is going to kind of like to your point, more is going to feel um, kind of shitty and not in a way that's like, uh, oh, like, you know, no excuses, go harder, go home. Um, you know, I'll rest when I'm dead. Honestly, I think those sayings are are like they they're the worst <laughs> sayings yeah. ever. Um, there, there's this mentality in the fitness industry, right? Where like, I don't know, like you just have to be like a hard ass all the time. Um, but in reality, I think those are, those sayings are actually the thing that's like killing your progress because mm -hmm. first of all, um, the progress actually lives in the gray. Your progress is going to live in your mistakes. It's going to live in your trial and error. It's going to live in the days where like go hard or go home. You do go home <laughs> mm -hmm. um, because that is where the growth is going to come from. So like right off the hop, a lot of people have heard of terms like um, overtraining. I actually don't think most people hit a point of overtraining because overtraining is like very exclusive for people who really know how to push themselves. And like, we're talking like a uh, bodybuilder stage competition ready. Like those people are getting to the aspects um, of overtraining athletes mm -hmm. a week before a boxing match, right. When they're absolutely depleted and still having to work out four hours a day, this is when we're overtraining. But I think overreaching is something that most of the general public can identify with. And so when you are overreaching, we tend to see a lot of, uh, very obvious if you're honest with yourself. <laughs> I went through a phase where I was definitely overreaching and I had all the symptoms, but I was like, I'm fine, right? Go hard or yeah. go home. Um, yeah. But things like, you know, you're irritable for sure. Anybody that lives with you, pray for them because you are going to be irritable. <laughs> um, usually are like, uh, even when it comes to nutrition, it, although we're talking about being in the gym, you're desire to not follow your nutritional plan, your desire to binge, to just give into cravings is going to go up. Um, yeah. So you're irritable, you're moody. Usually your sleep goes down. If you love lifting, like if you're at the point, this is always a huge sign where you do genuinely love lifting. And all of a sudden you don't want to go into the gym. You're finding mm. things to det deter you or take another rest day, not because you know you need it, but because you genuinely like in your soul are like, I just don't want to go. That's a very big sign that we're doing too much, right? Like you're almost forcing yourself mm -hmm. to fall out of love with the thing you have now 
supposedly fallen in love with. Um, but then also we'll see training progress suffer. We'll see, you know, effort in the gym go down. We'll see intensity go down. We'll see, um, maybe you're not even getting a pump anymore in the gym, uh, or it's really hard to get one. You're not lifting as much. You're not locked in. There's a lot of signs that tell us that we're doing too much, but we have to be again, like aware and open to admitting that they're going on in terms of doing too little. Um, I think you honestly nailed it perfectly. Like when people are like, oh, I'm doing three sets of 10, three sets of 12, like check, 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 check. And then you're just like, you know, I'm going out. Um, there's a chance that, yeah, you're, you're probably not doing too much. One of actually the things I love doing with new clients that I bring on, especially if they're within like we'll say one to three years of training. Cause I, I consider that to still be kind of like newish territory um, mm -hmm. is although I will design a program for them and I will put, you know, rep schemes in there, depending on what their reps are. I make it very clear that the set doesn't stop just because you've hit the top end of your rep range. So let's say we mm. are doing three sets and um, we're doing straight sets even. So I might program them and say like for, you know, dumbbell lateral raises, I want you doing three sets of uh, 15 reps, but I want you to focus on like tempo and control for these sets. However, just because you hit 15, if you feel like you have three more, I want you to do three more reps. Or if you feel you have four more, I want you to do four more reps and track what those numbers are versus your weight. And we kind of go over it within the first couple of weeks. And it gives them not just an idea of what weight was I choosing that I was able to hit those reps for, but in actuality, like maybe I thought I could do a 10 pound lateral raise for 15 reps, but I actually did it for 21 reps. Yeah. It's like getting out of this mentality of holding yourself in this box that we put ourselves into based off of what our training program says. And mm -hmm. if you're not pushing the limits, um, then there's a chance I would say, yeah, we're probably not aware of what our potential is and, and how much we can truly push ourselves. There's, um, uh, one of the th quotes I do actually really like in the fitness industry is, and I don't even know if this is a quote or I just read it somewhere, <laughs> but um, basically when you're doing like a heavy working set, your hardest set of that exercise, you should feel somewhat nervous. And I think that mm. that's a great frame of reference. If you're just like going in there all confident, like no problem, I'm going to nail this set and I'll be done with my workout. There's a chance you're not challenging yourself because we know our yeah. body Everything in our body is so connected, right? Like your gut, your gut instincts are constantly speaking to you uh, and sending you messages and signals, right? When you're in danger or whatever it is. But likewise, when you know you've got a heavy set coming up, you're challenging yourself with reps or weights or a movement, you will feel somewhat nervous. I've been training for 10 years. Like I look forward to that nervous feeling. Am I going to yeah. die today? <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe not that extreme, but yeah, the nerves should definitely be, uh, should be there. Yeah, there, that was, um, I did have that when I was increasing, I, you know, like when you are doing a lift and you just unlock like a new cue or something that sticks in your brain and like all of a sudden you just like mm -hmm. reach this new level of, of PRs and you, you start increasing the weight every week again. Um, that yeah. I, I had that with the, with the, with the deadlift, like, I don't know, three, four months ago. And there was just, there was this time where I just was like, I was just cranking the weight up in that work. I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm going to, I'm going to go up like 30, 40 pounds today. And I was like, I was feeling so good. Like the, you know, the music is just right in your headphones. Yeah. And I got yeah. that last one up and it was like, uh, like, I was like, I'm going, I'm, I'm going up another 10. Like I put, I put the weights on, I'm standing there like getting jacked up. And then like all of a sudden, yep. like my heart just started racing <laughs> and, and like, and I started <laughs> yeah. like kind of like feeling like a little bit flustered and, and red in the face. And I was like, I'm going to go home. <laughs> like, this, is not, this is not the right day. <laughs> like I was like, I think I don't want to be one of those guys That's on TikTok awesome. that falls over after, after the set. It was just like, yeah. I was like, I think I've, I think I've chewed off enough today. <laughs> um, yes. but, <laughs> no, but it's, a, it, it, it's, you don't like, yeah, to your point, like you probably don't want to get to that point every single time, but like you do, like, you mm -hmm. know, you do want that feeling of like, can I do this? You know, like, can I actually mm -hmm, get mm -hmm. within that rep range with this? And if, and if you're feeling that, then you're probably, you're probably pretty close. And that's where I think, um, 
you know, I think the other one is, especially for newer, newer people is, you know, I'll hear a lot of times like, oh, I just, you know, is there anything I can do between my rest sets? Right. Like, mm, like, what, yes. what, like, is, is it bad? <laughs> is it bad that I'm trying to do abs while, while I'm resting? And it's, I think that's one of the, mm-hmm. that's one of the easiest ways to know if you're not pushing yourself hard enough too, is if you are pushing yourself as hard as you probably need to during your sets, you need that yeah, rest. You ain't doing nothing. You know? Yep. <laughs> if, if anything, you probably need more. Like if I have like a one minute rest, I'm like, I might be staying there and be like, I need another minute, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and, and totally. I think a lot of people, if you're like, I can just turn around and do, you know, 20 pushups right after this, then, okay, well then go put a little bit more weight on the bar and just do that instead. And once you need those 60 seconds, once you need those two minutes or three minutes, even then, then yeah. you're challenging yourself enough. Yes, absolutely. I, uh, when you said that, I literally had a flashback to, I remember doing everything I could in my rest times, like jumping jacks, like I forget what they were called, like star jacks or something where you do like a double mm. jumping jack at once. I was that person <laughs> like taking up three benches. Cause like w- one I had to hop over and <laughs> one yeah, I had to, yeah. you know, it's, um, I think that is actually, yes, a fantastic point. Like your rest is called a rest for a reason, bitch. You are supposed to (laughs) be resting. Like if you don't need the rest, then yeah, there's a very good chance you are um, not even chance. Like, let's be honest, you're not pushing as hard as you could be. And some programs might call for supersets. And that's a completely different story, because then a well designed program will be designed so that, you know, maybe you're working uh, in opposing muscle groups, or um, you're working potentially the same muscle group, but at, uh, you know, working in opposite resistance profiles. Um, But again, there will still be a rest period after that superset. Mm -hmm. And during that, yeah, that rest period, you will be resting. Um, so the rest times, yeah, no, I, I think are, are very good, uh, cues for like, how hard am I pushing? Can I go more? Do I need to back down a little bit here? Um, and then even with that, I, I think as well, another great way to monitor your progress and how hard you're pushing is like actually using a logbook. Uh, Maybe, maybe I don't see logbooks as much anymore because a lot of them are on like devices now. Even I have one on my phone, but you know, using a logbook and actually tracking your, uh, reps in reserve or, you know, your rate of perceived exertion, if, if people are familiar with that, um, can be huge because when we're talking about progressing, when we're talking about like being aware of like, how did I feel today? Um, did I hit a PR today? Could I have possibly gone a little bit more? That's going to be a big indicator for you as well. If you're progressing, when you look back on a program over several weeks and you're like, Oh, maybe I should have been doing more. Everybody thinks more in terms of how many exercises I'm doing or how many days in the week I'm doing. But in reality, back to the less is more. Sometimes it's not about how many exercises or how many days you're going. But in fact, making those movements that you are doing count to the, like the best of your ability so that when you mm-hmm. leave, like you have left with all, like your gas tank is on a quarter full <laughs> or empty, yeah. you know, yeah. because you've just put everything out there. And how can you monitor that if you're literally not monitoring that? Yeah. A hundred percent. I love the idea of taking notes, whether it's on a piece of paper, whether it's on your phone, just making sure that you understand next time like oh okay and, and i think there's like a couple of things like one was it enough did you feel like you were close to your limit um on that mm-hmm. but also like is there anything that you figured out during that set like mm-hmm. I, I, that happens all the time that you're like you'll change yeah. one cue in your body and all of a sudden it's like you feel that muscle way more well write that down so you remember it next time right um yeah yeah because it's it's like i i think of, again like going back to like the deadlift i remember always hearing like to, to, uh, to engage the lats, like the squeeze, the orange juice or squeeze the oranges between your armpits. Right. And that did nothing mm-hmm. for me. Like I like did, I just like yeah. didn't understand it. Like I was like, <laughs> I don't get, I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm doing that. But then, but then moving to the, put your shoulder blades in your back pocket, you know, like yeah. that was like, Oh, got it. And like, as soon as I did mm-hmm. that, I got that kind of wedge in the deadlift. I, my chest was actually, you know, not hunched over the whole time. And it was like, it unlocked this whole thing. So 
you never really know, yeah. you know, when you're going to figure out something new. And that's, that's where I think a lot of, you know, we talk about like newbie gains and that first year, how you can gain so much muscle. And yeah, some of that is because you just haven't been training. And so there's, there's some more potential, but I think a lot of it comes from, you just get better at the movements. Like you just mm -hmm. figure out mm -hmm. how to actually activate these muscles as you go. And yeah. so it's super important within that first year, especially to, to be keeping note of that and to be understanding like, this is, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. Um, there's nothing yeah. more exciting than someone like a client who's like, kind of like has been training for a little bit. Right. And then they do one exercise or something. They're like, huh? Like my chest was actually sore again today. I was like, cool. What'd you do? Like, what'd you figure out? Right. Cause that means you, you figured something out that activated that muscle more than you have previously, which is exciting. Yes. Yes, absolutely. No, I totally agree. Um, the journey, like seeing how far we've come, we do it with progress photos, right? Like, oh, look at how mm -hmm. different my body is. But like your logbook, your notes are literally the version of a progress photo, but for your, mm. your workouts, not just tracking your weights and things like that, but absolutely your notes. Actually, one of the, the coolest books that I bought was uh, Dana Lynn Bailey. I love her. I've always loved her. And um, she put out because I'm pretty sure she was the first female, right, to win um, at the uh, the Arnold. Anyway, she put out her training logbooks that she used in like book format mm -hmm. to prep for that that uh, competition for the couple years she did it. And it's so cool to not just get an idea of what her training program was like. Although if if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I'll buy that and do that. Don't because it will probably be too much <laughs> volume for you. Yeah. Um, but like her little notes, even to herself after years and years, right? Like you can see she's writing in her mental state that day, her energy levels, what she ate that morning, how her digestion was not in like a huge essay, but just little things and then little cues for certain movements that felt really good. Little things she did that day that she change slightly and she's like oh you know i got a way better uh mid delt engagement or whatever it is and again yeah mm -hmm. uh, back to what we were saying at the beginning that like journey to be better to find the new things is huge it's everything one of the things i learned the other day um from a somebody i follow online was to uh it's going to sound very simple, but to like move with your weight. So a lot of the time we're in like a very rigid position, right? Because we're trying to control our weight and we're trying to control our tempo. But let's say on something like a dumbbell chest press, instead of just thinking about moving your arms and your elbows, actually move your body with the weight as well. So like as your mm. hands press out, you press your body backwards, whether into the bench or the seat or whatever you're using yeah. as your hands come in, kind of like they kept saying rock and roll with your weight. So as your weight moves in, you move in. As your weight moves out, you move out. And man, the contraction I got in my chest was just unbelievable. And again, like mm. such a simple thing, but after all these years, it's like, wow, all right. <laughs> like this yeah. was uh, really, really good. So definitely, yeah, if you guys are not using a logbook right now, I would highly, highly, highly recommend getting on that train. Yeah. And, and playing around with those techniques, like I think it's because part of this is, you know, your, your muscles adapt, right? And, and once you are doing, if you train a certain way, you're going to benefit the most from training a different way after a while. Um, and that's, you know, yeah. some people love hanging around that lower rep range and you're, you're using your whole body as much as you can to just get as much weight up as you possibly can. Well, then you probably, if you do that all the time, you'd probably benefit from going to more of a bodybuilding type of workout where you're slowing down the movements and you're trying to make lighter weight feel heavy. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was kind mm -hmm. of, that was kind of with me in the last couple of months. Like I, I just enjoyed doing lower reps. Like I liked trying to, to get the numbers up on the bar, um, you know, engaging yeah. my whole body in there. And I, and I've recently have tried moving more towards we've, I think we kind of talked about this, like separating your phases of the rep, right. Mm -hmm. Where I'm, I'm mm -hmm. most of my eccentrics right now are super slow. I'm coming down. I'm getting a little bit of a pause at the end and a little bit in the stretch position. And then I'm yeah. going up and, and I'm kind of hanging there for like half a second. And then again, like I, they're all, so I had to bring the weight down, you know, to be able yeah. to do that. <laughs> um, but it's, it's just such a different, you know, that's one of my favorite techniques to help people who are like, 
if you're doing like a chest press again, if you're, if you're saying like, I don't, I don't really feel it on my chest, you know? Okay. Well try yeah. bringing it down and try pausing for one second at the bottom. And when you bring it up, you're going to feel your chest, you know, because yes. when you're in that stretch position, your, your, your chest has to activate for you to be able to actually keep the weight up. And you're not using that kind of like rubber band rebound effect just to, to bounce it up, um, and get it back up there. So playing around with, with some of those techniques too, like there's ways to make your set easier and harder without just mm -hmm. increasing mm -hmm. weight, which I think is super important, especially as people get more advanced with their weight training too. Yes. No, I completely agree. Before you look at adding more, before people think like, oh, okay, like that workout's feeling kind of easy now. Maybe I'll add in another day or I'll add in, you know, three more exercises. Actually look at what you're doing, like how you're performing um, your movements. And I think that's where in like the five breakdown, the effort is, because a lot of people talk about like frequency, intensity, volume, but effort mm -hmm. is uh, so, so, so important when we change, like, or let me say it like this. We're always looking for a new stimulus. People are always thinking like, again, more volume equals more growth. I need more stimulus. I need more workouts. I need more exercises, but in actuality, there's so many other ways to change up your stimulus, whether it is from new weights, whether it's from new reps, whether it's from like you're saying, right? Like, um, changing up your tempos completely, adding pauses, hard pauses will absolutely humble you <laughs> like yeah. nobody yeah. uh nobody's business because the momentum thing is real for many of us and there's a time and place and it can be super useful to have controlled momentum but at the same mm -hmm. time when we're talking about getting as much as we can from a program before just like piling on more and more some of those things can be uh absolutely huge even just rep ranges. I think a lot of us, as you said, right? Like you really like doing the lower rep ranges. Um, somebody else maybe prefers doing higher rep ranges, but usually it's the thing we don't like doing that we need the most of. Yep. <laughs> usually we spend, you know, too much time in one area because it's comfortable because we got good at it. And so we like it because who doesn't like being good at something, but mm -hmm. every single rep phase or every single rep range builds off of one another. We tend to forget mm -hmm. that, right? Like when we talk about rep ranges, so if we were to say like one to five, you're going to get mostly power and explosiveness from that. We talk about, um, you know, six to 10, six to eight, like this is the start of hypertrophy, but mostly still a lot of strength. We talk about like 10 to 15, we're getting into activation. Um, you know, really hard reps, although every rep should be hard, but just like mm -hmm. unbelievable control over that weight and intent over that weight and execution. And then 15 uh, plus really 16 plus we're talking about endurance, but like a lot of people I think f feel as though like 15 plus, what are you talking about? That's insane. But there is so much adaptation that happens in that phase because literally it's your body basically saying like, holy cow, I need to create more nutrients. I have to turn more nutrients over because my body's needs are beyond what I can basically do in this moment. And so yeah. you're just like pushing to a whole other level of, of oxidative stress, really. Um, but then it kind of comes full circle. So like power builds strength, strength, hypertrophy, hypertrophy, activation, activation, endurance, and endurance actually will build strength. So yeah play around with things. Like if you're in a position where you've literally been doing four by 12 or three by eight or whatever it might be, it is time for you to learn some new numbers <laughs> um, yeah. and really let the body like get under a new stimulus. Cause you will shock your system in a whole other way. And even use like multiple rep ranges in the same workout in the same exercise. Um, mm. obviously there are straight sets and things like that exist for a reason, but like pyramid sets, reverse pyramid sets, um, undulating sets, they're all fantastic. Yeah. I love that. I love the point that, you know, it's yes, these rep ranges are technically optimal for something in what, mm -hmm. in what we define it as in the textbooks, but to your point, they all help each other in the end. Cause if you're doing higher yeah. rep ranges and you're building up your metabolic endurance, well, what's going to happen? You're going to recover quicker in between your strength yeah. sets, 
right? And, and mm-hmm. you're going to be able mm-hmm. to do more. That's the same, the same way that people, you know, bash on cardio and how, how it ruins mm-hmm. your gains. Well, if you program cardio the right way, <laughs> it's going to help you recover a hell of a lot quicker because yeah. your, your heart's going to be working better, which helps you get stronger because you can do, you can lift more weight, you know? So yeah. all of this is tied together and you can't just look at like a singular study and then say, Oh, well, eight to 12 is the, is the optimal hypertrophy range. So I'm just going to do eight to 12 from now on to build as much muscle as I can. It's, they Mm -hmm. all have value. They all build muscle. They all help you get stronger in a way. And you probably should be doing them all at some point. And to, and to your point, the one that you are avoiding the most is probably the one that you need to do the most, you know? Um, Yes. That's like, for me, like I, I love the lower rep range. Well, yeah, I hate the higher rep range. So I kind of have to force myself to do it. And, you know, to the point of even playing around with like, do, you know, doing like face pulls for 20 to 25 reps, like do something like Mm -hmm, that. And mm -hmm. and it's a very, very different. And again, you got to go way lower in weight. Right. Um, but it's, they all, they all serve value. So don't, don't be afraid to do something that, that you're not used to. Don't and when we say this, like don't change it up every single workout, right? But pick yeah, pick something yeah. and say, like, okay, if I don't if I do my bench press for I actually did this the other week. I my current cycle, I bet like the incline bench press, I probably had always done max up to 12 reps. You know, like it would be I mean, usually in low rep, I'll go up to like an eight to ten to twelve range. So this one I was like, I'm gonna go from in the 12 to 15, and I'm gonna put 30 second rest periods in between and just yeah. see how it goes. And the pump I got from that was insane because insane. I never do it, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, but, but do something like that and do it for, you know, repeat it for three to four weeks. Don't just change it up every single time. Um, mm-hmm. and, and see which ones, see which ones stimulate you the most. And, you know, you can, you can play around and, and keep the ones you love most often in there. But definitely don't be afraid to venture out of there. Yes, absolutely. No, absolutely. I think, um, you know, one thing, if people have heard this or haven't heard this before, is like we we have this breakdown, um, as I'm sure you've heard of, like um, their acronyms again. But basically, there are ranges that stand for like the, the minimum amount of volume you would need to see progress right? The max amount of volume um, you would need for an adaptation, Uh, Mm -hmm. the max recovery volume. So what's the most amount of work you can do while still being able to recover, but then also your minimum volume. So like what's the basically bottom point in order to just maintain your progress and like sticking within these ranges is super uh, valuable. But even in that sense, like if we're talking about pushing reps, you want to also push volume. Now you don't want to just like hop in and and go to your like max adaptive volume right off the bat. But taking phases where you are doing, you know, the the minimum volume to maintain your progress, and then going through a period where you're like, okay, now I'm actually going to push a little bit, I'm going to push to the max amount of volume I can do while still being able to recover um, for a temporary period of time. And then pull it back down again. Mm-hmm. And basically like every aspect of training, <laughs> the theme of the message is I swear in every aspect of training, you need to do every like you need to do it all, but just not all at once. That's yeah. that's I think, you know, the the big problem. We're trying to do everything um all at one time, but nothing in life happens like that. Absolutely nothing. Right. The phases of our life, our ages, like nobody's letting a 10 year old drive a car, like everything we are working up to over years as we just, you know, grow into adulthood. And it's the same thing. Um, you learn to walk by what rolling first. I don't have a baby. I (laughs) don't know. You lay there first, you roll, you crawl, you start to slide and then you eventually walk and you run. And it's the same thing with fitness. You need to get comfortable with the basics. Maybe three by 10 is phenomenal to start off. Um, But then you need to start building off of that and you need to try different things and grow from there in order to get the whole more is less wait, less is more <laughs> uh, mentality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just testing everyone. Um, yeah. and really see like what you're capable of and 
what your progress can truly be like. Yeah. And that's, that's the trickiest point. Um, especially when you're starting, because we have mm-hmm. this tendency to just want to do, like you said, you, you, you mentioned it earlier, like t- taking someone who's a pro and looking at their logs and doing their workout and assuming that we're going to mm-hmm. look like them if we just do this workout. And it's like, well, yeah, but that person took 15 years to be able to do yeah. this volume, you know? Yeah. Um, it's certainly not where they started to be able to get mm-hmm. there. And I was guilty of that for a long time. Like that, that's what kept me out of strength training for a while is because every time I tried, I would do some dude's, you know, magic blueprint <laughs> that was like meant for someone who's been training for five years. And yeah. my body would always by like week two or three, I would just crash and burn because it just, it was just way too much volume. And yeah. it wasn't until I finally, like even in the beginning, I mean, I started when I started consistently training, I was doing two days a week, you know, an, an hour for each workout, hitting each of the the, the major movements. And then over mm-hmm. time, it, it got me to three days. And I still, to this day, like my, my best volume is three days. And it's usually mm-hmm. five to six movements per workout. On the off days, maybe I'll do like a, some, some cardio work and maybe like some carries or sled pulls or things like that. Um, that, that aren't going to, that aren't going to cause so much damage to my body. That's easy to recover. Um, but still stimulate some blood flow, right. Still stimulate the muscles. Um, and I look at that and I'm like in my head sometimes I'm like, uh, could you do a little bit more? Maybe, but I'm increasing reps and weight still consistently. And I have more energy from my workouts not less. And as long as I'm doing that, then I don't need more, you know, and just adding more doesn't make things come faster. Once I kind of get to a point where it's like, okay, I'm slowing down. I'm kind of reaching the max from what I'm getting out of this. It's not like I'm depleted of energy. I'm just not really increasing strength. Like, okay, maybe at that point I need to look at a little bit of more volume. Um, or it might just be different volume, right? It doesn't have to be just, just more. So I think that's like, that's the biggest thing is you have to be so honest with yourself of where are you currently and don't look at someone else's program and assume that's just what you have to be doing. That's because everyone is completely different in terms of what volume is best for them. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) No, it's, it is so true. Um, it is so, so true. Honestly, again, like there are some people that are going to be even honestly, even when we talk about advanced lifters, there are some advanced lifters who will be able to get away with doing minimum amounts of work and see phenomenal progress. Because again, their genetics are fantastic um, for that, you know, that that mode of training, and they Mm -hmm. like that mode of training for other people. uh, Even again, advanced lifters, maybe they are doing 20 sets uh, per muscle group per week. And that's where they're seeing progress. And that's where they're getting a really good mind to muscle connection. The point is, each of them have found what it is that works for them. And I guarantee you, they didn't find it uh, for many years, because a lot of us, as we've said, right, we've gone through the cycle of, uh, I think if there's anything most people in the fitness industry can relate on, it's the fact that we have literally all made mistakes. <laughs> we've all probably <laughs> followed programs we're not, we should have never followed, whether yeah. it's our favorite influencer, or, you know, whatever it is. But like, the whole more volume, um, being better for more gains isn't always accurate. Because I would say it's, not always about more. It's about more volume that you can recover from specifically more volume that works for you. Whether that's a little bit more for some people, if you're on the less category, just because somebody else is doing more doesn't mean you need more. It's, Mm. you know, it's, it's really cool. I think in our industry that you could literally get 10 different people who've all accomplished the same goal and they've all gotten there in a different way. It doesn't mean one of them was right or one of them was wrong. It was just, again, right back to individuality and finding what works for those people, not to mention again, like lifestyle factors and, you know, everything, literally everything goes into designing a program, which is why like when you work with a coach, it can be so beneficial because they take all those things into consideration and what you need for you, 
not what you should do based off of what somebody else did. Yeah, I love that. Now, how do you how do you help a client or someone who because I'm sure you've seen this this is, I feel like is one of the most common clients is the person who goes to the gym 6 7 days a week, you know, um and they do like a 45 minute workout every single time and then like you mm-hmm. you figure mm-hmm. out that like this is on top of, you know, they're also maybe going to like an orange theory or something. Um oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're they're essentially trying <laughs> to do 45. as much as they can. Um and it's you know, but then when you start kind of like uncovering the details, right? It's like, oh well, how is your energy? Oh, terrible. I'm always tired. You know, like how's your sleep? I barely, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't, I don't feel rested at all when I wake up. No libido. You know, hunger levels are are crazy all the time, um, and just yeah. super, super high stress. You know, like that that avatar right there is. I feel like <laughs> such a, such a common story. Um, and it's hard because when you're at that point, this is much more of a mental thing now, right? Mm-hmm. There's yes. almost yep. an addiction to the exercise. And oftentimes when I dig in further and further, it's because the exercise is helping them run away from something else, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, so so how do you kind of help someone get out of that and and move to a place where, you know, for them, it's terrifying to go down to it three or four days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, uh, it, I completely agree with you. I think that like, I think we've all seen those memes online where it's like, uh, somebody told me to go to therapy, but I just went to the gym yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, this is funny, but, uh, also like, this is a, re- a like a, a red flag or a yellow flag, like proceed with caution for me. If somebody, first of all, is coming to me, chances are they're not achieving whatever it is that they want. There is some type of block happening, um, whether that's a mental block, whether that's, uh, you know, a nutritional block. But when we're talking about somebody who is over exercising, who is literally using fitness as basically a crutch, as a dependency instead of something to empower their life with, I take more of the approach of, okay, like, let's literally look at the facts here. Um, you know, if you are, if you've been working out for a few years and you feel you're not actually seeing the progress you want, but this is what you've been doing, why do we believe following the same thing is going to all of a sudden change the results that we're getting? It's kind of like that whole definition of insanity, right? Definition of insanity, mm-hmm. doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Well, if we've mm-hmm. literally been grinding ourselves into the floor with our workouts for the last honestly, even three months, six months, a year, and you're not getting progress, then there is a very clear sign that we need to try something different. So Mm. for me, it's about helping them kind of come to this realization, because I think anybody can be told something, but when you're, instead of being told when you're kind of led to that realization, it again helps you find the empowerment to realize like you're making that decision. And for me, like anybody that I work with, it is really about helping them get their power back as cheesy as that sounds. I think that like when we're using a lot of um, fitness goals, nutritional goals, whatever it is, we can very like often get into the mentality of handing our power over to something, whether it's your workouts, your nutrition um, or your lack of nutrition. And so realizing that you are the one that's in like full full control is always like a step one for me. So then drawing mm-hmm. the um, drawing the conclusion that like we're doing something and it's clearly not working. So maybe we need to try something else. But stepping away from the gym, especially when it can feel like your safe place is very hard. So for me, introducing forms of movement that are going to be less stressful and take us out of the thing that we've currently been doing. So if somebody is doing, you know, six days a week of um resistance training of strength style training in whatever capacity it's going to be about eliminating a couple of those days by replacing them with something else so Mm. i'm going to look at switching up the movement form where it again is going to be not some type of resistance training um something that's low stress so maybe um 
we need more mobility. Maybe we need more stretching. In fact, I would say most avid weightlifters, myself included, need a little bit more stretching. So maybe now we're trying something different, whether that sure could be yoga or Pilates, but maybe that's literally, I want you to go to the gym and I just want you to do mobility for 45 minutes. Because a lot of the time I find it's just the aspect of still going to the place that brings you some solace or some comfort that can make a big difference. most of my clients have st- daily step goals. So I'll also say, you know, I want you to go to the gym or feel free to go to the gym, right? And do your steps there. Listen to a podcast, whatever it is. But again, it's like getting to the facility that makes a big difference. And then slowly kind of recognizing that we could even back away from that, depending where you live. If it's nice all year round, then I envy you. <laughs> if you're like me <laughs> and you're somewhere where it gets cold, then, um, you know, finding different activities uh, in the summertime that now all of a sudden, hey, like maybe it's about the movement still because it, it does make you feel really good. We know that that endorphin kick is real. But now let's try like getting some friends and like going for a hike or going swimming, going bike riding, going rollerblading. A lot of the time we really have fallen in love with the way movement makes us feel, but we confuse it for, like you said, kind of at the beginning, um, covering up for something else that's going on. So finding ways to move that are not going to hinder our ability to recover from our strength training workouts, but still give us that like endorphin kick, make us feel really good. Maybe we're still even sweating a little bit. Uh, that's like always the course of action I take, not necessarily like you have to cut this out. Um, cause as we know, even with like food, cutting things out doesn't usually work well, but like finding that replacement is huge. I think. Yeah. I, I think that's a perfect answer. It's movement is great, right? Like there's mm. just because when we say off days, that doesn't mean you have to sit on the couch all day by any means, Yeah, but yeah, there's very different forms of movement and how I think that's like, that's probably one of the biggest things. I think if you don't really understand a lot of the training science in general, that you don't really tell the difference between what is intense activity and what is Mm -hmm. activity that fosters more recovery. Right. Yeah. And yoga or doing mobility or going for a hike, you know, or, or Mm -hmm. like cycling at a just leisurely pace all those things like, yeah, in your head, it's, it's, it's a workout, right? It's a movement that is very, very different than doing a strength training workout for 60 minutes in terms of how your body (laughs) reacts to it. You know, one of those is the reason that we build muscle. The reason we get stronger is because we are causing damage to our body. You know, Mm -hmm. it's because Mm -hmm. we are, we are giving a stimulus that our body says, I got to adapt to this now. Like I got to be able to handle this in the future. And, and yeah, there's, there's benefits to doing that, you know? Um, but that's very different from going for a walk or going for a hike. Like those, those things actually help facilitate recovery. They increase your blood flow. They help you recover more. So it's, if you're, if you're feeling sore, one of the best things you could do is go for a walk. It's actually going to help you recover faster than just laying around all day. Um, yeah. So there's no reason you to give up that movement every single day. It's just it's just changing what you're doing and realizing that because for this type of person too, you're so results oriented and so goal focused too, right? That sometimes it's just reframing mm-hmm. and saying by reducing, you're actually going to get to your goal faster. Yeah. Right. Like it's going yep. to help yep. you get those results that you want, and sometimes that's enough to realize like the light bulb of oh, okay, maybe this is the wrong plan to be following because I think it all just like to sum everything up, like it all goes back to at the end of the day that you should love your workouts. They should give you more energy the rest of the day, not less. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And, and you should continuously be progressing. And if those things aren't happening, you kind of have to take a really objective look at it because working out should not feel like a punishment. Yes. You know, totally. So Mm -hmm. amazing. I think this is such a a great discussion. Is there anything else, um, you know, just kind of on this topic that you feel like will help kind of point people in the right direction or or help uh, wrap up everything that we've talked about? I think if anything, I would, I would, I would literally go back to like, trust the process and the process has worked for, you know, I don't know. Can I say millions? That might be too much. No, I want to say there's like billions of people in the world, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, it's, it it is really about 
sometimes stepping outside of our comfort zone. In fact, I would say like, it's always about stepping outside our comfort zone, because usually that's where the most, most growth happens in every aspect of your life. So if it's uncomfortable for you to do less, then you probably need to do less. And if it's Mm. uncomfortable for you to push a little bit harder in the gym, then you probably need to do that. Or if Bulgarian split squats, you absolutely hate them, then you need to do some Bulgarian split squats. Um, Whatever it is, the uncomfortable part, that's really where you probably need to lean into and just trust the process. But remember, you can't trust the process if you're not following the process. So Mm -hmm. that would probably be the biggest thing that I would say. And then just be patient, bitch. It takes time, but you're going to get there. (laughs) Just keep showing up and it will happen. It will happen. It's just you need to be patient as sucky as that sounds. (laughs) Yeah. And this is, you know, I think just, just to remind everyone too, like, I feel like everything that we've talked about, the reason Mm -hmm. why I know these things, the reason why I'm passionate about them is because I've made all these mistakes, you know? Oh yeah. hundred percent. And I still make them sometimes (laughs) like it's, you know, the talk, the, the idea of overreaching or doing things when you probably shouldn't, when you need a rest day, like I still make those mistakes all the time. I get better at it over time, but you know, it's, it's don't feel like it's, we're living in this like perfect world and you, and Nirvana and you guys just need to get there. Yeah. It's not that at all. Like this is, you know, I think, I think every trainer tries to, we're all, we're all way better trainers for other people than we are for ourselves, you know? hundred um, percent. Yes. <laughs> so, so these things, these things are difficult. They take time. I think it's, you know, give yourself some grace, but be really, really objectively honest with what you probably truly need. Um, and mm-hmm. I think it's important mm-hmm. to just continue reflecting that and, and keep writing it down and keep improving it a little bit day by day. Yes, absolutely. Totally agree. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the time, Rusty. This was amazing. And I hope that I'm sure a lot of people found value from it. So do you want to just tell people uh, where they can find all your amazing content? Yeah, for sure. Um, very simple. Uh, I, it's the same literally everywhere. So Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. Um, it's literally coach.frizzle, like uh, the Miss Frizzle of Fitness or Frizzy Hair. <laughs> they both work. <laughs> um, but yeah, coach.frizzle, you'll find me. Um, and uh, And hopefully I'll meet some of you guys online at some point soon. Amazing. Give her a follow if you like learning about exercises and you like learning and getting better at strain training, then you absolutely must follow her. All right. Awesome. Thanks for the time. Bye everybody.